every day thousands of concerns press for our attention. Our world is wrestling with all kinds of legitimate social issues. Do you ever wonder how things became so complicated? Hi, this is Greg. I'm one of the pastors here at West Valley Christian Church. Do you ever dream about a simpler time in your life and faith? In this series, we will look at four one thing statements in the Bible to help us quiet all the noise and call us back to a simpler faith. We hope you enjoy. All right, good morning, church. And good morning to those of you that are online joining us. Uh, Somebody's next to me. That's weird. (laughs) I didn't know we were tag team preaching. Uh, Actually, uh, no. uh, I want to let you know, uh, I've said this from the stage many times, uh, taken over as a lead pastor about seven years ago, that uh, kids and teens are not the future of the church, but they are the church today. Amen. Mm -hmm. And so we're so excited. We brought on Nick for student ministries about six months ago, and everything's going well there, and, and just God's growing that group. And uh, recently, uh, just added another teammate to West Valley. So we want to introduce you to uh, Tristan Kenyon. And Tristan's coming on as an intern for a year here. And uh, we are excited about that. He's had, yeah, there you are. Yeah, that's when you were young. Uh, so so uh, we're going to ask that you share your biggest sin. And uh, you've only got... Right, 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 okay. Um, actually, no, um, we, we already know that. Uh, he's a Red Sox fan. But anyways, uh, so, so getting on to the important things, we do want to uh, welcome you, Tristan, and we Thank are you. so excited. And uh, he is uh, teaming up with Nick. And if you have any teens or teens in your area, uh, I just think this is a great place for them to learn and grow the things of God. Amen. So let's be praying for our new teammate, and hopefully you'll be getting to know him more. Thank you very much. Tristan, that's a good picture. All right. The other thing before we move on to the message um, is, this is crazy, and and I didn't actually say this last service, but um, it's Harvest Festival next week. Like, that means Halloween and all that kind of stuff. We do not celebrate Halloween as a church, but we do do an event that is a free, fun, safe alternative. And it's on Saturday next week. And so if you have any kids, grandkids, neighborhood kids, any kids, literally they will come here. There's probably 15 to 20 games and moon bounces and activities. They'll leave with tons of candy, tons of prizes, and it costs them nothing. We do have a silent auction with a bunch of cool items, and this year we're doing a raffle, but also the big raffle that has a 50-inch TV, and it's got a Blackstone, if you guys know what that is. It's got some bigger items, so we're going to have some fun. So please join us, but we're, we're still short a few volunteers. We need 100-plus volunteers, and so if you could give an hour and a half next Saturday uh, during one of the time slots, go afterwards to the Welcome Center, and uh, Amy would love to talk with you about how you could serve, and this is a big way to love up our community. Amen? So, and by the way, the next day, that means a week from today, Pastor Rob puts his Christmas tree up, and his wife hates it. I love it. I just remembered that. I better get on it. So we're starting a brand new series. It's called One Thing. And um, I want to give credit where credit is due. First of all, uh, this is based off of the Bible because we believe this is God's word. Amen. Uh, I will give some thoughts on it, but this is the ultimate authority. But uh, I was out golfing with a friend uh, during COVID and uh, he's a pastor, Pastor Dudley Rutherford. 
has a small church over here at a <laughs> great healthy church over in Porter Ranch. And we were golfing and, and we we're just talking about life. And he was, he was coming up with writing this book called One Thing. And uh, he's like, did you know there's seven passages? You know, that's a bad Dudley impersonation, but seven passages that say one thing. And so we were talking about that. Well, the next year we were hanging out and uh, he handed me the book. Uh, he had preached the series and he, he put it in a book form. And uh, so this year, earlier in the year, when I was away from my study break, I was like, you know what? I want to preach all the one things. And so I reached out to him and said, Dudley, not that I have to get permission from him to preach the word of God, but I did want to say, hey, can I, uh, can I use uh, some of that material? So um, if you like what's happening here and you want to go deeper, then definitely uh, I would encourage you to grab a hold of this book called One Thing. So with that, before we jump into the one thing uh, for this week, I'd love for us to pray. Father in heaven, um, it is good to be in your house and Man, we celebrate um, the baptism of Natalie, and we just are so excited about um, just all the baptisms. I know there was four last week, and we've got some coming up, and really, that's really what is most important. So, God, I pray that you help us to continue to preach your word, to stick to your word, to um, use me, God, in, in today's message, uh, where I'm, I'm, my mind's in a lot of different places. I pray that you help me to be right here, right now, God, and be present. Uh, do what only you could do through uh, this service, through these words. Prepare each of our hearts, Lord, to receive your word. We love you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Let's jump into God's word. If you have, a, a lot of you have it on your phone, uh, on the U version, but we also encourage you to bring your Bibles, open them up. If you don't have a Bible, we have bookshelves at the back with Bibles on them. And if you don't have one, take one and call it a gift from West Valley Christian. Just start reading it, all right? It's not good collecting dust. All right. Psalms 27. Are you guys ready? Psalms uh, 27. And let's just jump right into our verse. Psalms 27, verse 4. It reads like this. One thing I ask from the Lord... This only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of what? My life. To gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. That's good stuff, isn't it, church? This is the one thing verse for today. As a matter of fact, it's so good, I want us to read it together. Are you ready? One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This only, this only do I ask, this only do I seek. I love those words, and this is our, this is our one thing. And actually, if I was able to give the one thing of the one things, this would be the one thing. Did you follow that? <laughs> If we were to prioritize, I think this is the one that is the umbrella over all. And so here we are, and I want to tell you, and I want to share with you three things here today, three things, and the first one, write this down, is to seek. Can you say that with me? To seek. To seek. To seek what? Well, I want to first of all give you a definition from the great theologian Webster Dictionary. Yes. Seek means to attempt to find or the desire to find, obtain, or achieve 
Or another definition, I really like this one, to crave. You guys know that? You know what it's like to crave? I have a craving. Well, at the moment, it's Cavaretta's. Capicola sandwich. (laughs) But anyways, I have a craving all the time of something I'm not allowed to have. Yeah, I found out uh, years ago that I have uh, diabetes too, and so I'm not allowed to do this thing. But I crave daily Cinnabons. Can I hear an amen? Yeah? Now, some of you are like, ugh, I crave carrots and celery. Well, God bless you. (laughs) Whatever. Mine's Cinnabon. And so that's why I can't go to the Lego store at Topanga Mall, because it's right there. And it like grabs your nostrils and like, come to me, come to me. And I'm like, yes. And sometimes, sometimes I might take a bite of my son's. And he hates me because you know which bite I take? The dead center. <laughs> Squirrel, getting back to the message, to crave. Uh, here's another definition. It's, it's one who seeks or one that seeks is tenacious. I like that. People that seek are tenacious who don't give up. Does that make sense? Are you getting this picture? So now, now we read the passage, right? And the passage says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek. This only am I tenacious about. This only do I crave. And it's, it's, it's to see God. I crave God, David says. I desire God. I'm tenacious about finding him and going after him. That's the one thing. I shared last week that my uh, son turned 30. Drew turned 30 last Sunday. And, and so we got away for a couple of days last weekend. And one of the things he wanted to do while we were up at Big Bear was to go to an escape room. Raise your hand if you've been to an escape room. All right. The rest of you have not wasted your money then. That's good. That's good. Actually, I introduced you to escape rooms like five or six years ago when they, like, hardly anyone was doing them. But escape room, if you've not been a part of one, I, read a, I wrote a sentence just to kind of help you understand what an escape room is. Waste of money. No, 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 no. It says uh, you're locked in a room and you have to solve a series of puzzles with a certain amount of time to accomplish the goal of what? escaping the room, thus the name escape room. How creative, huh? Well, so that's what we did. The team was my wife, my six-year-old son, my 30-year-old son, and I won't say how old my um, father-in-law is, but he was there, and me. So there's five of us. And so they have a teenage girl. In this case, she explains the scenario, and then she puts you in this room. And literally, it's just like a, a little room, maybe 10 by 10, and then she locks the door. Now, here's, here's what's crazy about escape rooms. You, you kind of have to have a different kind of mentality, which I'll, I'll own it. I did not have the escape room mentality on this event. I don't know if I was tired or if I was just whatever. But I'm standing there. They lock the door, and you got to get out. And in this room, they had Scrabble pieces, like all against the wall, magnets, And then they had chess pieces all over the room, candlesticks. They had a table with like this little uh, images on it, like a code kind of thing. And and then there was pictures and and there was a cabinet. Inside that cabinet, they had crystals and boxes that were locked up. And I'm standing here like this. 
Like usually I'll go right after it, but I'm just like standing, just kind of looking at everything. And it was cool because so was my (laughs) father-in-law. Poor Eddie. He's just like, Easton and Lisa and Drew are just running all over the place. And they're just this and this. Oh, and I got you. And they're screaming. I'm not, I'm just not in it right at this moment. And the next thing I know, my 16-year-old hands me a key. He goes, well, dad, at least you could open up the chest. And I'm like, all right. He goes, we found the lock to one of the chests. So I open it up and there's a mirror. And as I'm pulling out the mirror, all of a sudden I hear this bam. And this door opens into another room, and Easton goes running in there, and Drew goes running there, and then I said, well, Easton, I got this mirror, and Easton runs and grabs the mirror, and he runs into this dark room, and I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. I'm still just standing here. Like, I don't know how, what is all this going on? The next thing you know, Easton's holding up this mirror. What got him to hold up this mirror? And then there's a laser that hits the mirror, and it shoots off a different direction, and then this cage falls. I mean, all this stuff's happening. And I just want out. You got an hour to get out. So I'm looking at the stopwatch and it's like, oh, we've only been in here seven minutes. And I'm like, ah, you know, so I'm trying to do my thing. But I'm not much of a teammate. But here's, here's what I do know. If you did what I did and you just stood there, you're not escaping. You have to, you have to want to get out. You have to crave to get out. You have to get off your to get out. You have to move things around and lift things and shove things and try and mix things. And you, you just have to keep going out. You have to be tenacious in order to get out. Pastor, why the long commentary? Because I think life is like that. We've all been dropped into this escape room called life. And some of us are just standing in the center of the room, just, just wanting to get out, not doing anything about it. Some of us are running around. We're trying anything and everything. The chaos, the noise, the clutter is confusing us. But we want to get out. Amen, church? And I think this is the key. This is the big clue. This is the answer. It's right here in David's word. He says, one thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze on his beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. This is the one thing that I ask. And so when we talk about to seek, I have to ask you a question. Do you crave the Lord? Do you crave knowing the Lord? Do you desire knowing the Lord? Do I desire knowing the Lord? Because here's the reality. Whatever it is that we crave, that's what we seek. That's what we go after. That's what we won't give up on. Amen, church? Does that make sense? Can I, I want to say this in another way. For, for another crowd that may not understand the whole escape room. By the way, yes, we did escape with 10 minutes left. And it had jack squat to do with me. <laughs> I just had some tenacious people on my team that want to give up. And by the way, a lot of people don't, don't make it out. I was talking to the, 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 the people that were running it. And, and I said, you know, is, do, she, no, a lot of people don't get out. And I said, well, what's the main reason why people don't get out? She goes, remember at the beginning when I was like explaining this? And I said, if you ever get stuck, you ask for a clue. Yeah, we asked for a couple of clues. My, my boys didn't want to because it takes away points and time and all that. I just want to get out. 
But think about it. The reason most people don't get out is because they don't ask for help. And guess what? With God's word, God's word, God is saying, I will help you anytime, anywhere, any day, any, any, anytime. That's the clue. One thing, one thing that I seek, one thing that I desire. So the other, the, the, the other thing I want to do is bring you to a movie. This is an older movie. It's called City Slickers. Yeah? All right. All right, so there's a few of us that have seen it. And so there's a scene uh, where uh, the, the, the character that's played by, um, his name's Mitch, played by who? Billy, Billy Crystal. And then he's riding a horse next to another man, an older gentleman, a wise gentleman. His name is Curly, and it's, he's played by Jack uh, Palance. And uh, he, uh, Billy Crystal's character, Mitch, he's struggling, midlife crisis. He's got all this chaos, all this noise, all this confusion. His marriage is going to pot. His work's going to pot. Finances. He's really struggling. And he looks to this older gentleman. And he says, how, how do I get through all this thing? And I want to read the quote. Curly says this. You know what the secret of life is? It's one thing. And they keep riding quietly on the horse. And then he says, the, Mitch says this, well, what, what, what is the one thing, Curly? Give me the answer to life. Give me the, give me the key. And Curly said this, that is what you have to figure out. And that's what you have to stick with. Did you catch that? And when they're riding the horse, that's what Curly, Curly goes, you have to find the one thing. And I sit here and ask you, or I stand here and ask you, have you figured out the one thing? Have you figured out the key to life? Because there's a lot of things that are crying out in this world as to say, me, 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 I'm the one thing. You follow, if you just find that right man, or if you just find that right woman, you find your soulmate, you've got the one thing. And we would say, uh-uh. But the world says, man, you find that person and everything's great. Not that it's not a bad, and that's not, doesn't have some good parts, but man, that's not the one thing. Oh, if you get all your degrees and you go to school, that's the one. No! If you get, if you get doctor in front of your name, or if you go to a bank account and you've got a lot of zeros behind that one, then that's the one. No! And there's a lot of things that the world is saying is the one thing. But I want to tell you right here, right now, the word of God doesn't say that those things are bad. But if they become the one thing, then they're in, we're in trouble. The one thing is the Lord Jesus Christ. Do you crave a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do you crave a relationship? Do you desire? Are you tenacious about finding out? Or are you going to be like Rob Denton in the escape room just going... And sometimes we do find ourselves in life like that, don't we? It doesn't make us a bad person, but then we need to sit in a purple chair. Maybe God brought you here today to say, stop standing in the middle, just looking around and seek me. And as we're going to find out through scripture, you seek, you will what? You will find. David knew the one thing. And this is early on. You know, some of us will go, well, David had all the riches and he had all the wisdom and he had all the victories. No, 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 no. This is early on. Most commentators says this is before all those things. And David knew. David knew the secret to life. He knew the key to life. It wasn't easy, but he said, I need to seek. I need to seek the Lord. Do you have that desire? Do you have that craving this morning? Like an escape room, it may not come easy. 
But the desire to want to escape keeps you going. It keeps you thriving. It keeps you hungry. You see, the key to life and escaping anxiety and hopelessness and fear and depression and addiction and mistrust and all the other things, David models this for us in Scripture, and he says, this one thing that I seek, that I desire. You see, when we're stuck in the escape room, you could call out for help anytime you want. And when we're stuck in life, more importantly, we could call out anytime we want. Amen, church? And there's scriptures over and over again. One of the first scriptures that I learned is, says, oh God, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there is no water. That's a different version than the one that's up on the screen. That's NIV. But here, here it is. You are my God. Earnestly I what? Earnestly I what, church? Earnestly, I seek you. I thirst for you. Have you ever thirst for anything? Have you ever been involved in a physical activity or maybe you've been in a place where there was no water and literally your mouth is all dried up and you're just, you know, you could barely even talk because you're so dry and your body is just jonesing for a glass of water. Forget about the Diet Coke. Forget about the Kool-Aid. Forget about whatever your thing is, but you just want something. Because you're, you're, you're just craving it. And I believe there's so many in our world, and maybe right here sitting in this room, that are hungering and thirsting and craving for their soul to be lifted up again, for life to be added. Amen? And the answer is, not all those things I mentioned earlier with relationships and finances and success, all those things could be good things, but they're not going to satisfy the soul. They're not going to satisfy the desires that are talked about in this passage in Psalm 63.1. Another one, Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? For the pagans ran after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. And I love this right here. Check this out. But seek first his kingdom. Seek first what? Seek first what? Seek first his kingdom, the Bible says. And all. What does all mean? And all these things will be given to you as well. You see, when we seek, we will find, the Bible says. Psalms 105, verse 4. Look to the Lord and his strength. Seek his face. What? What does always mean? Always means always. These are promises we need to latch on to. But they're probably not things we're going to hear on the radio this week. They're probably not things we're going to hear and see on social media. But it's a great reminder Look to the Lord in his strength. Seek his face always. Psalms 27, 8. My heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, will I seek. Is that what we're going after? I'm not betting on any greyhound horses. But I do remember, I was probably 18, 19 years old. I went to uh, Arizona uh, for a wedding uh, for uh, some cousins. And my uncles all went to, to go bet on the dogs. And it was the first and only time I've ever seen this. But those greyhounds, what are they chasing after? Oh, so you've been there at the track. Okay. <laughs> Just tithe. That's all I can. No, no. 
They're, they're chasing out. If that rabbit's not going, they're not going. And they, that, that rabbit goes, and then all of a sudden they go, and they're chasing and they're seeking and they're craving that rabbit. And they're given everything they have. Church, do you desire the Lord? Are you craving the Lord? Are you seeking after the Lord? All God's people said, I sure hope that's true of your life. I sure hope it's true of mine. You see, God's promise says in Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me. Well, what? They're going to find me. God says, if you go after me, you'll find me. And some of us are sitting in the escape room of life and we're just sitting there with our arms crossed going, you come find me, God. He's like, hey, I already told you, Revelation 3.20, Jesus stands at the door. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, there's only one hand on the door. So Jesus has, has sought us. He's he, he died on the cross for us. Now, he's not forcing the relationship. He's saying, if you want to seek me, you've got you to do something. You've got to initiate the relationship or, or accept the relationship. Open up the door. Are you craving a relationship with Jesus? Oh, he's hurt me. He's abandoned me. He's a, no, 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 no. You may feel those things, and that's okay to feel those things, but don't get stuck there. Keep seeking. I love those who love me and, love, uh, and those who seek me will find me. If you look at Proverbs chapter 5, 3, verse, uh, 3, Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6 tells us that part of that seeking starts with trusting, doesn't it? Trust the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Oh, how I need to hear this. Oh, how our world needs to hear this. Matthew 7, 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. And then you go to Psalms 27 again. One thing I ask from the Lord. This only do I seek that I may dwell in the house of the Lord. So we said to seek, number one. Secondly, to dwell. You're like, what does it mean to dwell? Oh, we're talking about heaven. One day we'll be in heaven when we're not on this earth. And if we've sought God and we've said yes to his son, Jesus Christ, then we get this eternal place of heaven and it's gonna be wonderful and great. And yes, I believe all that, but I think dwelling happens here long before it happens there. We don't wait to be with God and be in his presence until we get up into heaven. We get to be with him here on this earth. Wait, wait, wait. Is this microphone on? <laughs> we get to be with him here on this earth. Amen? That's why his son Jesus Christ allows for us to dwell with him, to be present with him. To be with him means to be in his word. There's three, well, maybe four things that I'll, I'll, I'll give hint to what it means to dwell. One is his word. If you read uh, Psalms 119, it says, your word is a lamp to my feet. Not your finances, not your relationship, not your failures, not your successes, but your word is a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. This is how we draw close to God by getting into God's word, okay? Secondly, we draw close to God through prayer. And prayer can be a really confusing topic and it can be a real hard topic, but I think it could be one of the simplest. Prayer is simply you communicating with God the Father. 
Is it dear Jesus? Is it dear Holy Father? Is it dear God? Is it dear Heavenly Father? All those kind of things that I used to worry about. I don't think God gives a rip. He just wants you hanging out with him. Now, I think a way of respect to open up, talking to him is, is good. But you know what? Sometimes even when I'm ticked off and mad, I, I just pass the respect and I just go straight to him and let him know how disappointed or hurt I am. And you know what? God is big enough to handle that. And so, so here's the thing. To dwell and draw close to God, we, we read his word, but we also pray. And there's all kinds of things. One of the things that's helpful for me Okay, I just throw this out every once in a while to you guys, is the Acts model. It's not from heaven, okay? But it does help us keep from going, dear God, thank you for today. Oh, I wonder how the Rams are doing right now. <laughs> and oh, sorry, God. Uh, and, and God, thank you so much. Oh, I'm really hungry, and I do want that Cavaretta's right now. You know, kind of those squirrel moments where you're just like, ah, I don't know what to do or say. Acts model is A, stands for adoration. So we, you know, we're talking to God and we adore him. God, thanks for being who you are. Thanks for being forgiving. Thank you for being gracious. Thank you for being creative, yada, yada, yada. I don't know about the yada, yada, yada part. And then you go to the C, which is confession. And that's where you go, you know, I really screwed up this week. I, I really probably should not have said that to so-and-so. And I know I, I, I shouldn't have dot, dot, dot. And it's just confessing some of the things that, that you're aware of that were wrong in your life. T is thanksgiving. It's thanking them for all the different things, you know, thank you for the food, thank you for my family, thank you for my job, thank you for, you know, my vehicle, whatever, whatever you're thankful for. And then S is the part that we're really good, supplication, and that's request. So that's the Acts model. But again, we're sharing all this to say, how do we seek? How do we draw closer to God? Through his word, through prayer. Thirdly, the church. You just can't, you just, you just, you know, there's so many out there that think, well, I have a relationship with God, but I don't need the church. Well, that's, that, you got it all wrong. You haven't read your Bible. Because here it, here it is. The church is God's people. And Jesus Christ died for the church, and he's coming back for the church. And yes, the church is filled with hypocrites. Because a hypocrite, the true definition is someone saying that, the, that there's something and not doing that. Well, then we're all hypocrites, aren't we, at one point and another? And so I own that. But we're, we're, we're we, we, we strive to be like Christ. We strive to continue to grow. We strive to continue to change. And yes, churches are imperfect, but the one in who died for the church is perfect. And so I need you and you need me. Over 61 another passages in the Bible that I don't think we could really fully be obedient in without being a part of the local body. Hebrews 10.25 says, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. I love the church. And more importantly, Jesus loved the church. And then lastly, the heart. That's how we draw close to God. 1 Samuel 16, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at what? The heart. How is your heart? How is your heart? The third thing is not only to dwell and not only to um, seek, but to gaze. And this is a quick one, but I think it's really important. When the author says to gaze, I think it means to focus. It means to look up. And it looks to look up at the Lord. It's so easy to look down or look out at what's going on in the world. It's so easy, even as Christians, to be so negative and so filled with hopelessness and so scared. And, and those are real feelings. But church, let me remind you, the Bible says, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We've won. We've won. 
And I don't understand all the hard things that are going on in this world, and especially what's going on in Israel right now. I don't like the things that are going on in this world, but neither does God. But we need to gaze upon him. We need to seek him. We need to gaze upon his mercy, his goodness, his forgiveness, his grace, his justice, his love. And so I close with this. I challenge you to gaze. I challenge you to dwell. And most importantly, I challenge you to seek God. Dudley Rutherford writes this in his book, and I'd like to close with this. Do you meditate regularly on the Lord's perfections? Do you desire to admire the beauty of our King? Do you adore the manifold beauty of all of his glorious attributes put together? His mercy is beautiful. His grace and truth are beautiful. His patience with us is beautiful. His holiness is beautiful. His everything has beauty and color and symmetry. It's pleasing in any way that comes from him who is a magnificent creator God, gaze upon his goodness, will you? Lord, thank you. May we crave you. May we be tenacious. May we seek you as the one thing, the most important thing in our life. God, help us to be like David, to live out this passage particularly, to make you our one thing. In Jesus' name, all God's people said. Thank you for listening. For more information, please visit us at wvcch.org or you can join us live in one of our Sunday services. Have a great day. Your tender mercies and your love that you've always shown Forget all my rebellion